Do you stand with Israel? Thank you for connecting once again with us. My name is Jerry, and I have the honor of working with the good people in the small community of Ben. Ben is located about halfway between Mountain View and Heber Springs. The Ben Church of Christ meets at its building each Sunday morning starting at 930. Details of service times and more information can be found at benchurchofchrist.org. Israel is in the news now and then, and usually something going on around the West Bank or perhaps the Gaza Strip. Typically, the news is not pleasant. It's a war or, at minimum, a battle of sorts. And when the news hits about Israel, there almost always are posts on social media about taking sides with Israel. I stand with Israel. Do you know why that is? Typically, religion has something to do with it, even among the non-religious. The Jews, Israel, were God's chosen people under Abraham and Moses in the old law. God made promises, and those promises have not been fulfilled, some report. Others will jump to some passages in the book of Revelation and connect Christ's returning and ascending to the throne of David in Jerusalem, where he will reign over Israel, the Jews, as his kingdom. Hal Lindsey, in the book, The Late Great Planet Earth, said the following, quote, God unconditionally promised Abraham's descendants a literal worldwide kingdom over which they would rule through their Messiah who would reign upon King David's throne. Even the animals and reptiles will lose their ferocity and no longer be carnivorous. Again, Hal Lindsey, Lake Great Planet Earth. And there are many, many others that have said the same thing. John Walvoord in The Millennium Kingdom, a basic text in premillennial theology, says he talks about the blessings that are a part of the promises to the Abraham, commenting, the nature of the blessings are earthly, territorial, and national, and have nothing to do with a spiritual church to which none of these blessings have been promised. Christ is not now on the throne of David, bringing blessings to Israel as the prophets predicted, but he is rather on his father's throne, waiting for the coming earthly kingdom and interceding for his own who formed the church. He adds that one of the signs of the time is Israel regaining the promised land. And when that happens, Jesus will descend and begin his earthly reign. Let's consider this concept of the placement of the nation of Israel in God's plan then and where they are today, and where they will be in the future. Plenty of information exists in looking at the history of the nation of Israel. In particular, you will quickly find their struggles and literal battles with their neighbors, the Palestinians. These struggles have been going on for centuries, and they continue today. We will not be looking at the political nor the historical side of things so much, but we will go back and review those promises to get an understanding of the placement of this nation today from that religious viewpoint. We all go back to the book of Genesis in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 12, verse number 1. The Lord said to Abram, Get thee out of a country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land I will show thee, and I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee 
and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Verse 4, so Abram departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Aram took Sarai, his wife, Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land of the place of Sichem, under the plain of Morah, and the Canaanite was then in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, Unto thy seed I will give this land. And there builded he an altar in the Lord who appeared unto him. So we see three promises made unto Abraham that we want to focus on. The first is, I will make thee a great nation. And we can follow that growth over the next several years. In the text in Genesis chapter 46, some 100 years passed that promise. Again, the promise was to make thee a great nation. 100 years later, we read there were a total of 70. And we continue reading in Exodus chapter 1. It is estimated this is about 300 years after the promise was made, around 1800 B.C. Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation, and the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. To the point, we we'll read down in verse number 20, that God dwelt with the midwives, the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, they made them houses. And Pharaoh, Pharaoh was so concerned about how rapidly they were expanding and how big they were getting, Pharaoh charged all of his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. Mission accomplished. Promise number one, as far as a great nation, fulfilled. God promised a land. In Exodus 3 is often the verse we consider when thinking of that promised land. I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Jumping ahead a bit, we can read of this promise of land being also fulfilled. Genesis chapter 26. There was a famine in the land. And beside the first famine that was in the days of Abram, and Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go down not into Egypt, dwell in the land which I should tell of thee. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and I will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swore and swear unto Abraham thy father. Again, in chapter 28, verse 13, behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest to thee, I will give it and to thy seed. Jacob said to Joseph, Abraham's great grandson in chapter 48, he said unto me, behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee and I will make of thee a multitude of people and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. 
Mission, promise, accomplished. The third promise is a little different. People, number one, numbers, land, number two, and the third extends beyond them as it is bless the entire world through them. In thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. It is repeated in Genesis 22 and 18. Thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. We can look ahead to the prophets speaking. Listen to what Isaiah said in light of this third promise in chapter 7 verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. God is with us. In chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of the host will perform this. Same terminology as we read when that promise was made. We jump ahead in time. Christ, born of the virgin, after his death, his burial, and his resurrection, the apostles continued the mission, and then we read concerning Christ. Paul talking to the church at Galatia, chapter 3, verse 8, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preach before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee all nations shall be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as one, and to thy seed. That seed is Christ. Read in verse 22 and following of the same chapter. The scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Christ Jesus might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we're no longer under the schoolmaster. For you are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male nor female. For you are one in Christ. Listen to verse 29. And if you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Fulfilled. All three promises given to Father Abraham regarding Israel has been completed, has been fulfilled. We recently talked about Christ fulfilling the old law. That law that led the Jews was made better through that new covenant. The message of Christ was to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Why? Christ came as the seed of Abraham and brought salvation to all. All the nations would be blessed. God is not done with the Jews, just as he's not done with anyone else. But as a favored people, Christians are the favored people. We read a verse frequently, but we don't close. Uh, we don't look closely in, in, in what it is that it says. But in light of what we have been talking about, let's consider 1 Peter chapter 2. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood a holy 
nation. Who does that remind you of under the old law? A peculiar people, that is a people called out for God's own purpose. Why? That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's Christ. Which in times past you are not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Chosen generation, referencing who? The Jewish people. A royal priesthood, representing who? The Levites, the Levitical priesthood, the holy nation, representing the children of Israel. Those three promises given to Abraham, a mighty nation, a number of people, to the point that Pharaoh felt he must go to an extreme to control their population explosion to the point that the land was given unto them all the countries around you i am putting into your hand and there will be no enemies if you will against you was that second promise and that third promise which was vastly different than the first two was the sending of his son and individuals say that christ did not fulfill the mission in becoming the king, that Christ did not fulfill the mission that was set forward, that it was cut short? Certainly not. We are the chosen generation of royal priesthood. We are followers of Christ, not a failed Savior, but a successful Savior into the point that his father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased hear ye him. We are a peculiar people, as people set apart for God's own purpose. Could it get any plainer? Today, God's favored people are any that accept his son and follow the plan that he established through that better covenant and a better way, blessing all of mankind as wonderful, as counselor, as the mighty God, as the everlasting father, as the prince of peace, as the king of king and the Lord of lords. Mission accomplished. Our time is gone. We thank you very much for joining us. Look forward to visiting with you next week at this time. Until then, we bid you a very blessed day.